everybody. Welcome to this special mini episode of the Horror Lab, where we dissect the best in horror movies each and every week. I'm your host, Will, co-host Will. Alongside me is my co-host, Chris. Guys, we are diving into a really unique episode, sort of a trial run to see if maybe we could do this more often. Um, we're going to do a mini episode on the failed a24 acquisition of the Halloween rights. <laughs> so prior to the terrible, <laughs> terrible news that A24 was beat out by Miramax, we had Chris and I had exchanged some messages, some funny messages about like fan theories, co-host theories about what an A24 Halloween movie or series or trilogy would look like. And we're going to reveal those to you today. So if you're not familiar with A24, arguably the most uh, prolific horror movie production company of maybe the last 10, 15 years, 10, 12 years. Yeah. Definitely the last 10. Um, they've produced some bangers in, in the recent past. Hereditary, uh, The Witch, Midsummer, most recently Talk to Me, uh, Bo is Afraid. They, they've really come out with some really, really terrific horror movies. And Chris, how would you describe how would you describe A twenty four horror? Um, it really fucks you up. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, it is no joke, guys. Like, I mean, he's not wrong. He's he's right on the money because, like, Hereditary is a horror movie. It's a religious horror movie, but it's like got some, it's not, that's not the stuff that bothers you. It's like all the family trauma that bothers yeah, you. Yeah. Know? It's, it's, it's rough. really <laughs> disturbs you. It is. Dis it really is disturbing. It really messes you up. It's uh they're emotional horror movies. They're emotionally intelligent in a lot of, in a lot of cases. Um, they're not afraid to dive into some really deep ideas and, uh, Regardless of what your thoughts are and how they have that conversation, they at least are willing to jump off the diving board into the deep end of the pool. And I, I, I appreciate that because if nothing else, the best horror movies make you think about about things, you know, and uh, they make you they force you to, to watch and listen to things that you might otherwise turn away from. So I, I, I was really excited when I heard that A24 was the lead horse in the race to get the Halloween rights. And I'm really annoyed that they were beat out by Miramax. Miramax, don't – we've had 30 years of really bad Halloween movies. Please, please, please do us a solid for once in my lifetime for once and in Chris's lifetime as well. So I watched Halloween – I watched Halloween Ends again like two weeks ago. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was Friday the 13th. <laughs> and I, I still love it. It's, it's I good. I like it. I love it. Because it's it's like it it takes itself super seriously at times, it, it, but then other times it's like tongue in cheek, and you're like, "What the f?" Like the tongue flopping around the 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 turntable in the yeah. the radio studio, like that was way too long of a scene <laughs> for something so serious that just happened, you know. So I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings. So I'm hoping they can bring some life back into the Halloween franchise. Please, please, because A24 would have done a bang up job on this and we'll never know. We'll never know. 
All right, Chris. Let let's 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 dive in, man. What <laughs> what do you think? What do you think an A twenty four version of Halloween will look like? All right. So apologies to like. anyone who 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 gets triggered, or <laughs> please don't cancel me. So my first thought was, you know, because of Michael Myers' white mask, and you know how it's depicted in the Midwest, I thought it'd be really. Not funny, but it'd be interesting if um, My- Michael Myers was a trans transracial adoptee whose real name is Miguel, <laughs> and uh, he dons the white mask after years of Michael uh, microaggressions, microaggressions, and experiences. He just he reaches a breaking point where. He decides, I'm, I'm, I can't be white, so I'm going to wear this mask, and I, I'm going to show you what happens. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. A24 would be the one to to dive into that. Two feet, head first, like, full body, you know? Oh, man. And it, it, it'd be an interesting conversation, I don't know. You you could almost feel you almost feel like they would portray Michael as this empathetic villain almost. You know, like, yeah, sure, he he's a mass murderer, but like here's why, you know. And you almost you almost get the vibe that the tone would be let's yeah, let's come to an understanding about Michael Myers. And let's come to maybe not yeah. appreciate him, but respect him. <laughs> you know, make Michael Myers but, respectable. You know, I was thinking that, but you know, because it's interesting. Michael Myers isn't really a character. I think we talked about that in our episode. He, it's more like he's some kind of force. He has no personality. He's not quite a psychopath. He's not quite a sociopath. That's true. That's very true. Um, he just wants. He's barely human. So it'd be interesting if they took more of a if it's a TV series, kind of depicting how people around the town kind of live on a day-to-day basis in the aftermath of Michael's attacks. Because, um, you know, I think when the movie came out, it, it played off on, on a lot of cultural themes that were relevant to the time period. You know, I remember you were mentioning, you know, sure. this sure. takes place in suburban America where you don't expect bad things to happen. And then you have serial killers who kind of just... right introduce evil to the world concepts don't that don't really exist in people's minds right. but if it's relevant today i feel like michael would almost be like an incel oh yeah 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 almost like a right-winged incel who you know ultimately just embraces violence and it could be like an allegory for the the aftermath of a school shooting or it's just a mass shooting oh yeah yeah and then um because it would in no way justify what michael's Michael's done because I feel like movies like Joker, right, which is also kind of um, uh, a diatribe against cancer culture, and it, it sympathizes people who who are broken by the world and you know subsequently become you know violent criminals. But you almost envision uh, a sort of a transformation of Michael from this stalking serial killer who you know, preys on teenagers, right. In their homes to maybe a more of a 
relevant cultural sort of discussion about violence in the workplace or in a in a mass yeah 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 murder so, kind of way like that yeah because <laughs> that kind of thing. Ooh, ooh, that sounds awful because <laughs> you know sounds I, really I mean, bad i'm gonna <laughs> say something about me that might be a little disturbing but you know i always wanted to do like go to an open mic for stand-up and uh i don't know why but i always wanted to do yeah. like a a bit about school shootings um because you know you know mass shooters yeah. you know it's awful what they do right and so like it, it, you know you're getting rid of like the most the, our future and so why don't you do something helpful and just go shoot up a, a nursing home? Oh, sounds Lord. really bad, but the, <laughs> but you know the idea is you know like um, you know imagine there's a scene where Michael goes like just kills a lot of people in a nursing home, and you know as he's about to go into a room and kill grandma, grandma's like oh finally a visitor <laughs> because you know there are, it's oh. crazy you know in 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 today's society. No, we ship our loved ones to nursing homes and we never want to see them again. And, you know, during COVID, you know, yeah. emerging from New York, Governor Cuomo lied up so much about, you know, what was happening in nursing homes. And, like, we, we do things that are just really convenient to us and we try to cover it up and try to make ourselves feel better. And so there are scenes where mm. Michael really exposes yeah. sort of the hypocrisy of American society and how we don't really do anything to stop people from Michael appearing again and again. I, I, I thought that would be kind of powerful. I, I feel like it's a, it's a view into the psychology maybe behind his, uh, and I know we've said he's not really a character. He's sort of a force, but almost behind the force of, you know, behind that. It'd be interesting. I, I'd be interested to see how uh, a, a company like A24 would take that, that concept and and sort of nuance it out a little bit. But, but I also feel like it would have to be almost explicitly stated in the film somewhere as like a conflict that he's wrestling with. And then there's a decision that he comes to. And then the action as a result of that, as opposed to like a Jordan Peele, which is a little yeah. bit more subtle and a little bit more nuanced and, you know, so like I watched us here this past weekend, loved it. Uh, I don't can't believe I had never seen it. Apparently I'd never seen it because I didn't remember it. And um, I remember after we got done, like the yeah. subtleties in the movie are freaking brilliant, you know, and um, the haves and have nots represented by each, you know, the, the, the family and the doppelgangers and like just the social commentary. I almost feel like because the violence of, Michael Myers and Halloween is so in your face. You almost have to make the social commentary to take that approach as explicit as the violence or maybe more explicit than maybe subdue the violence a little bit more. And the violence is more nuanced. Now I realize we're also what we're saying, like you, we really shouldn't nuance yeah. violence at all. I mean, it's, it's fucked either way. It's not like, violence, you know, mass murder, those things are, they're terrible. Like, you know, and, um, as the country reels from the most recent mass shooting this past weekend, like it's something that's in the forefront of all of our minds. It's something that whether we like it or not, we all have to tack, you know, wrestle yeah. with when we go out in public, you know? Um, and it's part of the reason why I don't 
enjoy going to movie theaters anymore, you know, and I'll, I'll avoid it as much as possible. And I much prefer to watch it in the safety and comfort of my own home is because of, you know, some of that. But I feel like there is a conversation to be had. And sometimes movies have a way of initiating those conversations where they're received a little bit more, maybe more palatable for people to receive than a political commentary or an op-ed piece, you know, in, in a, a newspaper, that kind of thing. So I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated. Yeah. Cause I, I think it's important that we don't, well, whoever makes the movie doesn't portray it from the perspective of Michael, which I think they try to do in Halloween ends. Yeah. Uh, at least give a surrogate yeah. for Michael because, yeah. you know, we should never nuance violence, as you say. Because there are tons of people, and we just talked about it in this uh, in our podcast episode on the sixth sense. All of us have some kind of relational trauma, and we all experience injustices, experience violence, yeah, towards yeah. And we we carry that in our bodies like all the days of our lives. But most of us yeah. don't go shooting people in, in the streets and in the malls. That's it's Correct. a very evil thing to do. And right. so, and I think movies that do that really, really fail people. And it might not even be the the director's intention, the filmmaker's intention. But you know, because you know, uh, Fight Club was right. in the news recently because people have been asking David Fincher, like, what are you going to say to the people, to like some of the? I think he was talking about incels, like um, about you know, like people who look up to Tyler Durden as, as a as a model, and he was like. It's not my job to, you know, mm-hmm. think about these people. I'm making a movie. And, you know, if these people think Tyler Durden is a hero, which he's clearly not, then I can't help them. And so. Right. He's not. Yeah. I, I, I think whenever we were watching movies, we have to be careful of whose perspective um, we're, we're assuming because it, it can have repercussions in ways that we don't really think about because so much of our brain is controlled by forces I agree. that we're not aware of. I agree. And I think whether we like it or not, media, music, movies, TV shows, they, they're formative for us in the ways that we think, in the ways that we interact, right? In the ways that we view other people. Um, you know, you, you really don't have to look too far to see what that, yeah. what that formation looks like, right? I mean, just even looking at the political spectrum and, and the the sort of aggression that exists on both sides, right? Differing, differing viewpoints on the same topic. That aggression started somewhere. And, and yes, you know, as, as humans, we're all fallen. We all have, you know, we're all imperfect in that sense, but we're all formed as well. It's not all nature. There's also nurture. And so there, there are things outside of us that, that inform us and shape us and, and, you know, compel us, motivate us. And so I think, I, I, I'm really fascinated at the idea of, of Michael Myers being a metaphor rather than like a harbinger of evil or like the embodiment of evil being a metaphor for yeah. social injustice. Like, <laughs> and I realize like that's, that's, yeah. but that's what a 24 does. They do, stu- they do crazy, silly, stupid shit that makes really good sense by the time they're done. And they take the, the ideas that are like out there, but they make, they make use of them. And so I, I'm curious, to, I would be super curious to see what Michael Myers as metaphor would yeah. look like versus Michael Myers as evil. 
and it wouldn't be unusual I'm, I'm because really you know we did an episode on Godzilla, and Godzilla represents the nuclear um, yeah. Yeah, yeah aftermath uh, right. of the bombing. That's so, right. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a cool take. That's right. I agree. I I hundred <laughs> percent agree. Mine is not as cool as yours. I have I have one more crazy idea that's just totally. I don't know why I was thinking yeah, about yeah, this. Do it, do it. But it's do like, it. you know, I was thinking about Curse of Thorn. Yeah, yeah. From the, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, from the original series. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they raised this guy from the dead. It's, uh, they raised George Washington from the dead. And he's like, he, you know, he, he can't find his teeth. So he's really embarrassed. So he puts on this mask. Wow. And keeps trying to find his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, I know someone would probably think that idea is. Very seriously, but I don't know. Anyway, I mean, let's not forget in Halloween Kills, they they brought in this random ass character from nowhere, made him a love interest, made him a surrogate for Michael, and then (laughs) all in the span of an hour. Like the rise and fall of this guy was historic, never happened this quickly ever. And where you thought it was going to be this passing of the torch, like, you know, open-ended sort of conclusion to this, this part of the Halloween universe. And then it would extend outward. It just didn't, it didn't, it went nowhere. And so that was a dumb idea. So uh, George Washington finding his teeth by putting on the, like, I don't think that's, I appreciate that's you nearly all. as dumb. Thank as you. <laughs> you're welcome oh man so my my idea is i guess michael myers as emotion maybe if yours is metaphor mine is as emotion so a24 uh what i really love about a24 movies is the emotional depth in the films um hereditary midsummer they're they're yes they're they're terrifying they're legitimately scary but the underlying emotions that are portrayed on film and then that you experience as a viewer are really the parts that I appreciate the most. St. Maud, the same thing, um, which is just emotionally a freaking sack of bricks, just sad and depressing and gray all the way through from start to finish. And so I appreciate that. So my, my vision for a 24 Halloween was, you know, a family therapist, someone trained by Sam Loomis, because rest in peace, Dr. Loomis, his protege, manages, they manage to capture Michael Myers alive. And they then undertake this experimental project, this sort of rehabilitation of serial killers and mass murderers, this government funded, of course, because that's where things go awry, this government funded project to of rehabilitation, this new wave of treatment that they were going to get Laurie Strode and Michael Myers into a room separated by bulletproof glass and knife proof glass, obviously, and put them through a series of family therapy (laughs) where they were going to sort out their emotions. And we were going to have flashbacks to the original movie where Michael, you know, kills Judith and they were going to explain like the move, the the TV series or the movie was going to explore the origins of Michael's villain story. Like what trauma happened to bring him to a place of murder, right? Try and try and give some substance to the psychopathy and the, you know, the obsession, that kind of thing. I feel like Rob Zombie's movies tried to do that. Like the, 
prolonged, you know, opening scenes, but Rob, Rob Zombie, I, I didn't like the movies. I thought it was just a not great way to have the conversation anyway. So my, my vision for it is to actually have that conversation of, uh, you know, trauma and to really consider is psychopathy, nature, nurture, and use Michael Myers as emotion, right? As an emotional metaphor for that conversation. Would it work? No, because Michael Myers, you know, breaks free of all the things and we get back to that cat and mouse game and, and all of that. Cause you can't have a Halloween movie. I don't think without some of that, obviously, but I feel like an extended scene or an underlying storyline of we're going to get to the bottom of this shit and then all shit breaks loose, right? All hell breaks loose. Like, you know, so a 24 as a therapy session, Michael and Lori trying to figure it out in family therapy. Maybe they have this like metaphoric hug and it seems like there's catharsis and they can move on. And then Michael is overwhelmed by the forces that control him. And that's it. That's really deep. (laughs) I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man, because there's, there's a part of me that is also like, I would never in a million years ever as a professional or even as a human ever encourage a survivor to get in a room with her abuser, (laughs) like ever, you know? And so there's no part of me that would, that would ever recommend it. I would never, you know, encourage it. I would never propose it as a like, Hey, let's try this. But on film, I feel like there's, there's a, again, a way to have conversations that we absolutely would not try to have in real life on screen and see how that, how that goes. Now, obviously to me, because I would never, I would never recommend it because of the risk of re-traumatizing, you know, re-traumatizing someone. Obviously my end result is that, yeah, it doesn't fucking work. And Michael Myers is trying to re-traumatize and kill. So like it ends up in the same place that I I feel like it would end up in real life, you know? So where I would never do that in real life, I'd be interested to see the process of what that would look like on screen. I don't know what that says about (laughs) (laughs) me. I think it's a cool idea. Hey, you know, there, there are lots of unethical, you know, psychiatrists, who don't really care about helping their patients. And so, yeah. No doubt. I would say that Sam Loomis was unethical as a psychiatrist yeah. who was yeah. hyper obsessed with his patients. He should have made it a love story. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> was grooming it, Michael. <laughs> Lord, and uh, God, like there's, you could take, you could take, like, because we don't know, other than the fact that he started working with Michael when he was a kid, we don't know if Michael's rampage continued because of Loomis. Like, what if it was just meant to end with Judith and then Loomis got his talent, sunk his teeth into him, and all of a sudden that now cool. he created – like, that would be an interesting I – mean, Not cool, but it would be interesting. Alternative universe. Like, show the relationship. It would be interesting, right, to see the alternative universe relationship between Loomis and Michael – and to say Loomis is so obsessed with capturing him because he unintentionally created him. Like, oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. I would watch yeah. that movie <laughs> in my home, not in a movie theater. But I would still watch it, you know. So <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I feel like Halloween is just trauma. 
like, and I appreciate that the newer movies at least attempted to put together a coherent storyline that wasn't just based on him rampaging through the town and people and which I think is why I didn't like Halloween kills is because it felt like they had a chance with that second movie to really go in a direction like the last Jedi, let's say. And instead they went the route of rise of Skywalker where it was just lip service and, you know, to the fan, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they should, they should, I feel like they should have ordered switched order of three and two. Oh, I agree. But they, anyway, what's done is done. You can't, you can't change it. I would, if I had $600 million, I would spend every last time on getting the rights to Halloween. And I would, I would have Chris as a writer and John as a narrator and myself as the money person who fronted the money for the whole thing. Carry on some of your fantasies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I would, I would not even guess. I would not guess star. I would just be on the, on the sidelines I would love to be for the in a movie where I can just be like a Lord. like a cop who just gets beheaded by Michael. <laughs> like, what's your what's? I was in a movie, guys. What was your role? Like, you tell your grandkids, like, you know, <laughs> hop up on Grandpa's lap. Let me tell you a story. And they're like, "Pappy, tell me a story. What happened?" Right? And you're like, "There was this one time I was in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can we see the movie? Sure. Let me put it on." And you you cue it up, and it's like. <laughs> A machete. Michael wielding a machete. Oh, and you see that that one second, like <laughs> yeah. second of, of red? That's me. Gone. <laughs> you know, and then you see the little kids like they pan to like their faces and they're like mouths wide open, eyes wide, and they're like I would totally be the grandparent and to they do just that. hop down screaming. <laughs> oh Lord. Ridiculous. Guys, I I I don't know how much hope I have for the Halloween franchise moving forward. I will say I, I don't have much hope for the exorcist movies moving forward either. Um, I, I feel like remakes and retreads need to go away. They need to just start fresh in a different universe. You know, something completely different moving to make Halloween built in the same universe as Michael Myers, but maybe uh, take a different, a fresh approach to it. You know, copycat Michael or therapy, Michael or Michael metaphor, whatever it is, and do something brave. It's create something new in a series. For real. And if you need ideas, I charge 500 bucks an hour. Chris probably charges as much, if not more. We would be glad to sit in a room with you and put pen to paper for as many hours as you're willing to pay us. And we'll make a call. Right. <laughs> uh, give us a call. You know where to find us. Horrorlab at gmail.com. Or no, I'm sorry. If you email Horrorlab, you won't get us. It's horrorlabpod at gmail.com. Horrorlab. We should just get both those emails just in case. Pod. <laughs> I know I'm yeah. going to create horrorlab at gmail.com for this reason. So we catch that email guys. It is, it's always a fun ride with y'all listening and, and talking with Chris. Um, we have some amazing episodes coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Life has slowed down and uh, we're going to pick up on the recording trail here 
uh, now. So be sure to give us a listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review. Uh, super important to uh, capturing the algorithm and uh, making sure that you guys have access to the Horror Lab. Guys, as always, thanks for tuning in. Chris, love your ideas, man. If you get rich, just remember me in your glory. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> we will catch you on an upcoming episode of the Horror Lab. Y'all take care.